0: Luck on Sunday. Proudly sponsored by Al Cruel, Dubai. Gary Witherford, I'm thrilled to say, is alongside me in the studio. Joined uh, Kim Bailey and uh, Jim McGrath who have been alongside since the start. Uh, a bit of news from, from Dublin. First of all, um, Apples Jade looks likely to go champion hurdle now, we know. Possibly. We'll see. There'll be fallout from that throughout the show. But also non-runners galore, I'm afraid, at, at, at Leopardstown. We've got Delta Work, who is out of the Flogus, uh, and we've got four out of the... Um, the, the feature race, the Irish Gold Cup, which is a, a shame as a whole for the meeting. Much of that, Gordon, saying that, he, that the ground isn't right for the horses, it, it becomes to an extent a safety issue. But Gary, alongside with it, there's only a certain amount, I suppose, a, a race course can do. And we are at a time where it, there's, there's unseasonable weather throughout. Um, I mean, safety comes into it, and it's just not right for some horses.
1: I think it's right, you know, it's safety has to come in, in, you know, in force. Uh, it's the hardest job in the world, is the clerk of the, you know, the, the course. It, to, to try and keep that ground look perfect is so
2: hard. Not not
0: an easy job, is it, Kim? And no. you get so you're never going to keep everyone happy. Absolutely,
2: I, I, Simon Clays, when he comes up to that Cheltenham Festival meeting, must be he must have the worst job in the world because at the end of it, whatever you do is going to be wrong for somebody. Mm. Mm.
0: You will not keep everyone happy. Um, first of all, Gary, um, a busy time for you, I'm sure. It, it, it's a busy time of year throughout the year for you, is it? Or are there times when when what you do just takes a little bit of a lull and then it then it picks up again?
1: Um. I'm busy all year really, you know, I mean, uh, normally we're breaking or starting young horses now, as as in babies, yearlings and everything else, but this year I've taken a pullback because um, of the staff problem, you know, and my job is dealing with problem horses and it's probably the hardest job to to, to get staff into. so I've taken a pause so we can, we can sort of regroup and then start
0: what we're doing with the, with the babies. So we've talked about, which seems to be an ongoing issue, that we talk about stable staff crisis for yards. But actually for you and what you do, you have a staff crisis yourself. You need skilled people who are used to breaking horses, dealing with young and experienced horses, and you can't find those, those people.
1: It's, it's so difficult. It's so difficult. I mean, for the last five years, you know, we're... I mean, I, i I'll start anything between five and six seven hundred horses a year a babies, you know so it's a big project you know I mean, and we'd have twelve fourteen riders, but it gets to a point where you know you're you're working i do Adam and my son we were doing seventy thousand miles a year driving up and down the race courses, and we're also having to work at home and on the race course and and driving yeah, you know you could in the summer you're doing two meetings, maybe three meetings a day where you know you're you're up in the morning. Doing the, the babies, putting them through the stalls, and then you'll go off to, you know, up to R- Firsk or Ripon or something, then back down to Kempton, Lingfield. So you're constantly on the go.
0: And it's an ongoing process for you, isn't it? It's not a case of you get the babies in, you break them, and you wave goodbye, see you later. It, it is, it is that some of them need ongoing care throughout their racing careers. Yeah, I
1: mean, I've got a, I've got a horse in at the moment from a very high profile um, flat trainer who she has problems, you know, she has, and she'll, you know, she's put two people in hospital, you know, and, it's, and she's only a two year old. Uh, but she has problems, and, and, and a, a lot with that is pain problem. Mm. So my job is, along with good vets and good physios and things like that, is to find the problem of why that horse is doing what it's doing.
0: We, of course, had the high-profile incident recently of Henry Oliver down at the start last week, eight days ago, at Eutroxta, waving his arms down at the start in order to um, get his horse, Byron Bridge Hotel, to to start the race. Um, he was fined. We've talked about it, the, the reason being he didn't have permission to be down there and also it seemed to give his horse a, a, an unfair advantage. But then welfare came into the the debate and, and talked about the horse being made to start it against his free will. Well, and I know you've been quoted on the subject, but just, just give us your take on on the scenario that developed at Eutoxeter.
1: I mean, at the end of the day, there's rules there and he broke the rules. That's, that, you know, that's, that's the case, you know. But... My opinion, when it, when it comes to working a horse and trying to get a horse to load up, we're all there. We're all there for the horse and trying, and, and the punter. You know, it's no good if a horse goes down to the start and it won't jump. Um, our hands are getting tied and tied and tied more and more. Each each things, all these new rules coming in. One of the first things you do with a with a baby, um, or, or when you start a horse for the very first time, and um, and I've 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 started zebras you know wild animals and, and got the riders you know on. Them and they said it couldn't be done but the first thing you do is send the horse away you send it away by waving your hand so you put yourself at like a 45 degree angle onto his shoulder and you put lift your hand and send him forward so he knows to, to go forward you become the hunter if you like and it's the part of the training process of breaking a horse in or starting a horse in and what he did is you know, is to send the horse forward, and he's and he's done that. He didn't hit the horse. He didn't do there, so he, he 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 got the horse running. Actually,
0: it might have been. And I so said just and just on that, it, we talk of, of horses being fight or flight animals yeah. at, at that at that moment down at the start. So he's encouraging the, the horse to use that that flight mechanism that's a part of his brain because is that all it's un- understand?
1: He, he's a flight or fight. He has two two things in his brain. That's fight or flight, and um by. Sending him forward with his hand and waving his hand, he said, Go forward. Um, I was always t- told from a very young age is always keep the horse on the go. Never stand it still. As soon as you stand it still, especially horses that rear or bark or anything like as soon as you stand, w- what we call plant. And Mad Moose was a classic one. He's a planter. And you, there's nothing you can do when a horse decides that he doesn't want to run with the herd which is, is what racing is. They're herd animals, and they run, and that's how they, they race and they, they're, they're working with the hunt. Once a horse decides that he doesn't want to run, there's nothing you can do, I can do, anybody else. It's the hardest thing to change the, the horse's mind because he's planted himself and he's a flight animal and he said, stop, mm-hmm. let me go dressage or let me go show jumping or do something different.
0: And we, we see it in races a lot. Mad Moose is a prime example of it, Jim. We see horses down at the start that, that don't, Don't wish to start. I mean, can you see from an outsider's perspective, or from an animal rights perspective, or an individual who perhaps doesn't like? what we do in this sport doesn't like racing, and, and see a trainer waving his arms behind a horse, encouraging it to start, but, but then say, well, it doesn't want to. Why, why should it have to?
3: There's a, there's a, obviously, there's a lot of ignorance in racing. We're very lucky to have racing on terrestrial television. So we can't ignore public opinion. You, if you have that luxury, your sport's on there, then the, the, the body running it has to be conscious that there are people that don't see the same things as us. What's happened here with this incident down at uh, Utoxeta where, as um, Gary said and Kim and I both said earlier, uh, I mean, Henry broke the rules, end of story, uh, in, on, on two counts. But the, 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 the way he actually broke the rule looked very petty that he eventually got punished for. But it's the people running the sport just seem to see the outside point of view and don't seem to defend it in any way, and in the way that Gary's just pointed out. You know, how, how you get an animal to run, uh, it fight or flight instinct. If you take that away from racehorses, you haven't got
0: racehorses.
3: It's inbred into them.
0: And uh, Richie Forrester wrote an article recently j- just talking about just that of the, the pandering to. to the outside opinion. You can't but ignore it. it. You can't ignore, ignore it, ignore it, can't ignore it, ignore it. It. But but it. I think he but used you, the phrase death by to... A thousand cuts to say yeah. if we do it too much, there will be no it, race. You yeah. have
3: to defend it. And that that was a perfectly defensible situation. You didn't have to go into own free will, or which, you know, in fairness, they have retracted that. But it shows the way they think and that's worrying.
0: I suppose the the which we've also discussed the mm. the recent statistics, and I don't know your take on it, Gary, of of, of the rise in fatalities by point four point oh four percent, or 018 point one eight to 012 point one two. I think it was an extra fifty deaths a, across the board last year. Or for all, it's a downward trend over the last decade, or indeed the last five years. It has gone up in in the last year. And that only puts the sport and the, the the body in charge of it under the spotlight even more from that outside perspective.
1: Yeah, I totally agree. But you know, but there's other sports out there as well. You know, you've got the eventing, show jumping. You know, even uh, uh, when they, when they're doing long distance riding, you have you know you have it's like a, a, an athlete themselves. They have problems. You know, they have joint problems. They have knee problems, as I have a knee problem. But you you know you it's part of the. The, the structure of our sport, you know, I mean, and the free, you know, when they say the free for, for the horse to do what it wants, you can't do that. A horse needs a leader. We have to be the the, the horse's boss. That's nature, you know. It's even if you put a, the horses on on a plane, they'll always have a lead mare. And as soon as the the horse hasn't a leader, then you have trouble. It's like turning around to the to the BHA and say, okay, you want a free free get horses in the stalls let's have a test on it then let's see how many horses do not run if you just take away the stall handlers take away the starters and say right horse walk into the stalls mm. you won't have racing it won't happen
0: we had a the, i think it was the, the breeder's cut where the, the long tom was used to,
1: well to... that's the, 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 the it was a tapper and it's something right. i've been bringing in been trying to bring in for probably 20 years through the bha they've looked at it the people come down and seen it and what it is it's, it's a tapper and it's a pressure it's a pressure release i work with all my horses pressure release If you ask the horse to go forward, you take the pressure off it. And all all it is is a tap of what just taps. And it's something like tapping your knee. And it's Mm. annoying. And the horse will walk forward. As soon as the horse walks forward, you let go. Now, that stops all that sort of problem where people are going behind the stalls and lifting horses in. I mean, when I was 16 or 17 years of age, I witnessed a a lad of 19 die in front of me from a horse kicking him in the stomach. Um, A young horse, a young two-year-old, and it kicked him and he bled out in front of me in two minutes. This is where it come out where I used the tappers, and I invented the tappers. And now they're being used in Australia. They're being used in, 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 in America, as you saw with Wild Illusion. And that horse was not going to go in. Mm. There was no way was that horse going to go in with a blind. And, and you see, see her kicking out and, and, and nearly putting someone on the floor. But as soon as the tapper come up and, and it touched touched its hocks, whoosh, straight in the stalls. It's, it's part of the train. You have to make its mind up for it. You can't let the horse make the mind up. You know, make it up and say go.
0: So there's a human safety aspect as well. Are we in danger? There's something about modern society which I think does it now. We 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 have this tendency, or some do, to to put almost animal welfare, equine welfare, before human welfare.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I I, I put it my way, humans are more important at the moment. But I love horses. You know, I, I absolutely, I prefer horses than than humans. I mean. We're all sat here and, you know, right down from your cameraman to your, your, your guys who's working this, in the stables and working hard, getting up at four or five o'clock, feeding horses and exercising horses. We're all there for the love of that animal, and we're not there part for those animals because we're all in a job because of those animals. So we, we look after them. We love them. We, we, we cherish them. You know, it's every... I mean, we had an old boy who, who, who I had to put down two days ago, uh, two weeks ago from uh, an old trainer called... I mean, he's he, he hit hippie for saying old trainer. But he's retired now at Wheeler, and it was a very good sprinter. He went on, he ran 198 times, and he still wants to run to the day we put him down. But he, you know, he, we had to make that decision, and we, we spoke about it. And he was in my kitchen, and he was sobbing. Mm. You know, this this is a guy of 80, you know, he's sobbing over his horses, and we do care about our horses, and it's it's unfair when people go around and say, we don't care, they're just a number, they're not numbers, they're, I've got an old horse I have, you know, I I dread the day I have to put him down, Mm. or, you know, or or make that decision for him, I never want it to happen, but it, you know, we, we have to do that, you know.
0: Kim, you—I mean, you, you deal with it on a on a weekly basis. You you, you can lose horses on, on at racing. You can you can lose them in a field. You can lose them to, to freak incidents in a yard. Have, have how have things changed in, in your time training, welfare wise? Is it has the the hands on approach at home has it had to change in any way? Is it just the perception of it that you think has changed? Is it, has it become more under the microscope?
2: I think it's become more. I think social media has taken a really big a, a big step forward in this situation and whatever happens now you know if a horse goes and gets killed in the yard everybody knows about it within seconds, because all my staff you know and everybody else's staff they're on Facebook they're on Twitter they're on everything else so you know it's very easy for them to report something that's happened before you know immediately it has happened so a lot of things are happening now that you know you might not have heard of beforehand and and Gary's absolutely right we do live for these horses we do look after them Um, unbelievably well, and they are treasured, treasured animals. You know, I've got a dog at home who's getting towards the end of his life, and that's going to be the hardest decision for me to put him down, Mm. Um, but we make that decision for him, and it's the same with horses. We can't do it with human Mm. beings. Um, and uh, it it is always a difficult situation when you have to deal with animals. But unfortunately, the perception of how we look after our animals and what we do with them is is a completely different concept, and people will always pick up on bad aspects. There's always going to be a bad apple somewhere along the line who does something they shouldn't go and do, and that person does more harm to the sport than anybody else. Um, And 99.9% of the people involved in, in racing and in the horse world love the animals.
0: But I suppose, as the body and the point that you've made, the, the BHA have to be seen to the outside world or outside of racing to react to certain instances. We had in the Commonwealth Cup the the, the water being sprayed at the, yeah. the horse to to ensure it went into the stalls. Which I, I know well. I don't know is that is that a sort of an <coughs> accepted method or is that not something that would normally happen? It's,
1: I mean, you can see this horse. You know, I mean, it's he he's he's but he's not touched the horse. He's you know he's tried to get the, the horse going forward. The horse isn't going forward. Mm. so a little bit but then it's common sense here this is we've got to bring common sense into the the thing this horse is, is going to run over a mile or whatever and after the race he's going to have eight or nine buckets of water chucked over him this is like a drop of water, which is to, to the animal is, is, is like nothing, and we just they chucking buckets of water over him. Um, it's the same as uh, anyone saw the incident when where the jockey uh, Raúl de Silva wasn't. It? He, he yeah. bent over, yeah. and he put a little bit of sand. And as it happened, my son was leading the horse in, and the horse was going anyway. But he was just—he's a jokey guy, and you know he picks up the and he chucks a bit of sand, and he gets a fine for it. But it's on all weather track. He's getting kicked back about ten tons in his face. And it's sort of, hang on a minute, you know, we've, sort of, we've got to think, be some sort of, sort, of, sort of boundaries here, which is common sense. And this is where the common sense, there's rules, you're not allowed to do it. But, hey, well, don't do that again, you've been caught on TV or whatever, okay, end of. But it made our sport as if we've done something really bad. And it was, it was a mistake by the jockey, end of. And, and it should have been pulled into the side and said, look, you know, these
3: it's, times are bad. The, 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 As we said earlier, the, the, a lot of the practices in place, and that, they're very good examples, I think, that Gary's just given... It's then this micromanagement that comes off the back of it. It's four years ago, um, my last year, the, the, the beginning of the last year on, on Channel 4. We, we got presentation from the stewards. I'm sure it's happened to you on Racing UK. Um, so that we're up to date with uh, the way they're looking at things. And then a lady came in at the end and said just a few phrases to remember. Please don't say an animal's been put down. Say it's been euthanised. And I said, what? Mm. Don't, don't Don't tell me how to communicate something that's been going on well, since time immemorial, I don't think I'm an insensitive person, but I'm certainly not using that word because you tell me from the BHA. It's that sort of micromanagement yeah, totally that is is unnecessary. You either trust the people you've got, don't interfere when there's no need to interfere.
0: Mm. But are there some phrases, I mean, do you think, Jim, from your, your time in, in television, that you may have used... At the start, that you wouldn't use now to race, you know, race reading and, and picking up incidents in a race that that some phrases that we we lean away from using now because it sounds cruel. I
3: th- no, I think that I think the biggest thing that TV producers have done in my time in television is, and it happened with a filly in the Breeders' Cup. I, I, it wasn't Ruffian, was it? Maybe it was Ruffian. Uh, a filly got killed in the Breeders' Cup, and there was a huge uh, outrage that we wouldn't. Uh, the the the, the um, British um, uh, cameras, wouldn't show the replay because she got killed. Some said, well, we're grown up, we want to see that replay again. I think what happens now that we don't, sh- if a horse has a bad fall, you won't see a replay mm. of it, and this goes to your yeah. channel as well, till we know that horse, or if a rider's been seriously injured, until they're OK. Because you have to accept that that is distressing um, f- f- for people at home. Once we know the horse is all right, then we can review the race. So that, that is a big change that's
0: come in, and that, I think that's a good one. Yeah, very good. Uh, just, just describe something that, or, or what people may not know. We did a feature on it a, a couple of years ago here um, on Racing TV uh, about what you do at home. But when you get a baby in and, and you are breaking that horse, what are some of the, the classic techniques that, that you would use, which perhaps some people wouldn't be, wouldn't be aware of at home?
1: I would say, I would say 99% of my horses, you know, which I, I start from, from babies, even, the, even stall horses, I've done the same, and um, they all started and sat on within. 15 20 minutes from day 1 you know they come into the into the, what I call the round pen and they'll go loose around the round pen and i i look for signs where they start to communicate and there's signs you know which over the years and, and i see that where the first thing the ear will lock onto the, on, onto the person and don't forget the hunted hunter so and they look at they're looking and then all i do is stand back from the horse and you'll find the horse will turn around and face you once he starts to face you, he'll then lick and chew. I mean, see the stars have started exactly the same way as this. It's fantastic horses over the years are exactly the same. So you have to look... For them to start to talk to you, once you start to talk to, they start to talk. Then you can put the saddle on, and then you put a rider on them. Um, The old myth, you know, the old boys, and and, I mean, I'm sure. (laughs) (laughs) Second time. You're going. going, You you (laughs) and They say, you know, well, you can't break a horse in 20 minutes, but I assure you, you can, and I do hundreds of like I say, and. The old-fashioned way, I was taught the old-fashioned way to you know, put a roller on a horse, put a cropper on a horse. The cropper is something that goes underneath the tail to make the horse buck, so you're going to buck it all out. and all, that. all you're doing, in my eyes, is teaching the horse to buck. I want to get on a horse, and the horse just leads it. And then all you're doing by lunging it, and lunging it for six or eight weeks, is getting it fitter and fitter and fitter to get on it. Mm-hmm. So... When the horse is learning, I mean, I put, I put a horse in the stalls. The second day it's been started. The second day it's been out with a jockey on. Its its, it's brain is on the learning curve. It's not fit. He's not strong. He's not. He doesn't have an opinion at that time. He has an opinion as he as he gets all, when he becomes a warrior, if you like. You know, he becomes a gladiator. He becomes a a, a racehorse and, and that's what you. What's a good trainer will bring out of a of a horse. You know, is to bring that that horsemanship and and. and and the gladiator side of the horse, you know, and they are gladiators. You know, you look at the old horses in the old days, and you know, you know I used to look after Pollittstown and Raw Mail. They were, to me, were gladiators. And before he, he ran in the National or Raw Mail, I was in tears doing them up, you know, because I'm just making sure he's got mum's, I'm saying a prayer for him. Mm. But, you know, he had a job to do, and he jumped around the Grand National three times, and he finished third, you know, after Alvaniti, which is, you know, they're, they're, they're what they are, you know, and, and it is our. It's a love of what we do, and there's love of what they—they
0: they love their job. And that is a risk that you accept, like you say, when you were selling him down at the start. You know, he's got to go and jump around the entry fences as they were then as well. Exactly, the it, it's, ones. An, it's an accepted risk. Well, really, from the moment they come into the sport, and that, yeah. that is part of it. it. Doesn't take away from the love that you have for those individuals.
1: No, never. I mean, I mean, i i live and breathe horses. You know, that's—and—and and so does my son, and so does my staff. I've, you know, I've got staff who've been with me. You know, twenty six years, and 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 they still all this snow. There they are digging them the way through. You know, it's because they want. To, you know, they want to get there. the horses and and that's what it's about
0: the methods you 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 talk about here as you say some people do it differently there's no there's no it's your way yes would there be some trainers perhaps out there who who would not consider your way the right way and would say well you know perhaps so and so is more for me and his methods do you see what i mean Or, or would would you say now the what you do has evolved to an extent where you can say what you do is the right way to do it
1: i obviously i believe in my methods and i and it's something and i deal with the problem horses and a lot of Horses come to me with problems, which I sort them out. So that even says to me more that the way I do things is 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 a better way. But it's a big educational curve, you know. It's like, you know, you've got to get out there and teach people what you do. And I mean, I I work for trainers now, which I thought I'd never work twenty years ago. I thought, you know, I mean, I'm going, you know, going for the likes of. John Gosden's and some Michael Stout. And we're talking good quality, best trainers in the world. And they, and they are now starting to believe in the methods that I use. And, and, and it's their methods. It's the horse's methods. It's not just me. It's listening and educating. They educate me. And you start to see a bit more of what they're doing and how they react and how they, that they do things better. You can pick a good horse. On day one you know when when we started see the stars I mean that you know, he, he, he was started within 12 minutes with a jockey on and he'd never had a, a rug on his back and he had the saddle and and, and, and you know 12 minutes from start to, to finish he was being ridden in you know, a walk trot and canter around the pen. but he always seemed quite a, a pretty oh he had straight he had, mind he, horse. He, he was he was a I mean don't get me wrong he was a very straight straight horse but he had his he had his his ways, you know. He was a he was an alpha male, you know. He was a he, he had presence about him. He had and from day one, you know. I said to uh, for John Ox, I said this horse is the best horse I've ever dealt with. And Did he, you? Yeah, you from really day one. Yep. Yeah, but day that, one. how
0: can you possibly know that before it's done anything out in the track? It's it's just his
1: way. Everything he was so he was just so good, you know. Everything. I mean, put a saddle on. He never even had a buck. He He's okay. I will accept that. And when we finished him. We took him back into the, into the stable, and, and he had a, a little window at the back, going into the breaking barn, in the starting barns. And he came in, we untacked him, put, and he laid down. He never even had a sweat mark on. He laid down. And then the next one came in, and they were shouting and screaming because the babies. He stood up and he put his head out the out the window and watching the other horse being started. And there was no, and there was never a problem. There was never a buck or a, or a, anything from day one. He was, you know, he was his brain was. Well, it's history. Now, to me, he did more. We can have a debate on Frankel and that, but he did more in one year than what Frankel did. To me, you know, that's. But then I've I've got a little
0: hidden hidden agenda there, you know, which is which is great. We talk of horses knowing they're good. You know, there's something about their physicality, their stature, maybe their head carriage, their determination, and their Sometimes we'll go and, and do a feature in a yard, and and the, the horse leading the string around will, might just be the, the the best one or the one that we accept as the best in the yard, and and trainer will say. He knows he's good. I mean, do, is that actually is that is that us putting a thought into a horse's head, Kim, or do you get horses at home that know they're the best? You certainly
2: get horses know when they've won. Yes, um, that is something. which I, I have a I have a, a person who helps me with various horses called Lucy Jackson. She comes and rides out um, incidentally. um he had a back operation um, this summer, and she comes and rides him out. She's an event rider. Um, and she's making him use his back the whole time, which is you know, a, a helpful thing for him to go and do, because it's all making sure he uses the muscles in the right direction. And after he, um, um, he won at Chepstow, um, first time out this year, um, she rang me the following morning, or two days later, and said, I cannot believe this horse. He's come out of the stable, I've taken him for a ride, and his whole perception of life has changed. She said, I've never believed in horses, could tell when they won, but this horse has completely changed my attitude. He said, he's standing at the top of the gallows, knowing he's done something special.
0: But, Han, how can you quantify that? So I'm just trying to get my head I mean, up, I'd, around I'd, this. Is a, is in a
2: horse? I just simply don't know. But, I mean, it, it, there's no doubt about it. When mm. They've had a race, they've had a hard race. The fact that they're, they're competitive animals, mm. he's a competitive animal, um, their instinct, they've gone past the post, the natural reaction from the people dealing with them must give the impression they've done something very good. Mm. And they've come back and said, thank you, yes, perhaps we do feel a bit better than what we did yesterday. Mm. You know, I suppose, at the end of it, we're all in the same situation. When you've done something well and everybody applauds you for doing it, um, you, you, you feel better, don't you? Um, you don't get applauding for finishing seconds, so therefore you're instantly bad, don't <laughs> But, uh, but have, you, have you had a horse at home and thought, wow, that is good? Well, I, the, the bizarre one, obviously I'm going to hang back on this because I got him late in life, but I mean the day that Alderbrook, um, um, he did his first school, I knew he was going to win the champion hurdle. You know, he was just so, so quick and so fast at what he was doing um, he was just slightly different to anything else. So we knew, um, yeah. and then we,
0: we, we race each other as the bookmakers. As well. <laughs> 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 you, we, when you talk about horse's confidence, is that the same thing from winning a race? You say, well, now he's got his head back in front, hopefully that'll do his well, confidence, no, the confidence the world confidence
2: of it. is it's a very odd thing. You, you go back to, to everything that involves racing, now you have... You have horses um, having a, a bad period, and, and and things will change for them. You have stables doing exactly the same. You know, you have a you have a stable. he will suddenly see, he's, you know, he's, he's on the cold list. He's had sixty runners without a winner, and you know, everybody's saying, oh god, what's happened to him? He's not going very well, etc. And suddenly, he'll have a winner, and a second winner, and a third winner, and suddenly everything wins. Now, why is it? Is it is it the fact that they've they've had something wrong with them? But they, you know, it, it it might not have been something. They might have finished second, third, and not winning, and that's the big difference between first and second but the confidence goes through everything the lads walking around the yard are brighter they're happier you know the horses are getting a pat down the neck when they're talking to them rather than just tacking them up I'm sure it goes the whole way through and, and, and you know like us and like animals they, they, they get the confidence from the person's looking after them if it's a happy yard they're happy horses That old saying it
0: does work Gary how much will you see roarability? ability from these babies that come in early on, and, and you mentioned "See the Stars," showed that from 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 day one, compared to will and desire to win and 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 the want to try, because we know we get very capable horses who may not actually try when push comes to shove. And how much can you do about that? And how much are you aware of that when you get there?
1: It's uh, as a as a horse um, gets older and starts to know his job and everything else. A lot of that's left to the horse. The horse will have his his own fight in them. Uh, it's like humans, you know. You either want to do something or you don't. And it's going back... No no eight-and-a-half-stone jockey is going to make a a half-a-tonne horse. Logistically, it doesn't work, you know. But the horse has to want to win. And we train these horses... To, to want to win uh, and trainers you know it, again it's confidence it's again some horses don't want to come together but you teach them from a young age to get them to to, to race each other and, and 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 it's natural for them to do that you know in, in if you see horses go out in the paddock for the first time i i learned a lot of my my work you know, going down to the new forest and seeing wild ponies working and and, and, and sort of entangling with each other and understanding them see how they talk and they they look at each other and show aggression and these horses are the same, they'll, they'll fight and, and they want to, to be in front. If you see see a horse go out in the paddock with half a dozen horses, that one wants to be in front, even from a foal or a yearling, it wants to be in front of the next one, showing the speed or, or, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Because he's a hunted animal, so he doesn't want to be last. He doesn't want to be last, he's going to get caught. The lions, the tigers going to catch him, so I want to be in front. <laughs>
0: but then you get those horses who... You know, I did it yesterday, for example, I threw over to, to Lydia at Sandown where Dolos was running, and I said, so oh, you know... the. He can be a tricky customer, can't he? You know, he travels and doesn't always fight a huge race. They dropped him back and and he found an absolute... But he looks a completely different horse, and perhaps we were putting this image, of, or I was, onto this horse and say, well, he, he doesn't always try as, as hard as he might, but actually he does on different circumstances. He looked a different horse, for example, yesterday. He did, yeah.
3: I, I have to agree with that. I mean, he, from what looked a really open-looking handicap, he turned into a, the closing stage into a bit of a procession, and I would have shared your view
0: beforehand. But do you get some horses who simply, they, they, you talk about horses not wanting to be last, but there are some who don't want to be first as well? Exactly.
1: They're, they're quite happy to tuck in. This is the leadership thing again. You know, it's, it's the leadership. I want a leader. I'd rather be behind that one and follow that one. It's the hardest. You see them jinx back in and things. I don't want to go past it, because they're safer in the herd. Well, your favourite horse,
3: Gary, See the Stars... Was a classic example of a horse that would go to the front and then then wait for the other. Yeah, catch him, wouldn't he? wait. Yeah, he, he said, "Come,
1: wait. come and wait." Yeah. And they do, you know. It's like they say, you know, in in race, they said, "Oh, I got to hit the front too early." It's just like, come on, then let's go again, you know. And, he's, and it's com- It's like what what See the Stars did it, you know, did in the, uh, at York that day when you know it was that to me it was the most most magic race to me. I don't know what you've the Master way it went Master Craftsman yeah. yeah. just the way he went through them, just said, you know, and they all. All there, and he went. Come on, then, and he he did it. You know? And
0: then mentally, he seemed a different horse on his last start. Where all of a sudden it looked as though he'd it. gone from being Mister Relax yeah. to suddenly be, so, to suddenly thinking, Hang on.
1: He was uh, there's there's the Alpha male, in it, uh, male again. You know, he's just like, oh, you let me do the job. I know the job. You know, and, and he did. You know, I mean, he was a passenger. The jockey was a passenger then, and, and he did. You know, he did what he did.
0: Kim, have you had horses that that at home that you've known have got raw ability and you've just struggled with for, for whatever reason because of them mentally? And what have you been able to do to counteract that?
2: Um... I have, um, and we tried lots of, I mean, Gary fascinates me now. I'm going to be talking to him shortly afterwards, because I've got one horse at the moment which I'm really struggling with, and, I, I, and it's getting to the stage. It's, when a, I'm getting, it's a working day. A working <laughs> day. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. It's just free <laughs> the <isn't it? Yeah. laughs> My horse box is on his way as soon as the snow gone. Um, but no, at the end of it, you try, you try your hardest to try and find ways of getting around the various problems they have. And, and uh, you know, we, we train horses to win races, and there are occasions when perhaps training might not suit them. And you try a different format and a different method. But at the end of it, the horse is there to go and do his job. And I think that's where we all take it wrong. They are racehorses, and they should be racehorses. And the day they're not a racehorse, they shouldn't be in racing. Mm. Do you
0: have to, and, and if you're going to change something, do you have to get in as early as possible? We talk about not being able to teach an old dog new tricks. The horse is a, a similar sort of animal. Oh, yeah.
1: I mean, it, it, they are, they're set in their ways, and you've just got to, it's like any, a good trainer will bring the best out of a horse. You know, there's, there's media trainers who just you know, think they can train a horse exactly the same way. You're all different, you're all different, you're all different. We're all different. So we have to find what, you know, we've got to find that key that unlocks. The, the head of the horse or, and, and get it to work you know mm. and they, and once you get into the head it's, that's my job you know my job is to get in the, the head and 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 get the horse to work for you and want to work for you that's 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 the key is is that they need to work for you because they're showing you you know that you're number one the whole thing about this leadership thing is that i'm number one and it's the same as a a, a dog you know if you're not number one to your dog you'll let that dog on the settee and then, you know, you'll come along with it as a friend and you go, to this, oh, we'll sit in that dog. Rex is there. That's fine. And, uh, you sit in the chair there. And, who's in charge? Yeah. It's not the owner. So you've got it's to be.
0: Dog. You've got to be in charge. I mean, you have what, to be. Is this what you find as a, as a, as a trainer at home? You have the, the, you have, the horses have to know that you, or the, the work riders and well, the guys I, on the made today. They're not just their partners, but they're still no, in charge. They've
2: got a job to do. Yeah, they've got a job. And actually, what Gary's been right. So and this is again a structure of the whole of racing really. The BHA should understand you know, that we've learnt more in the last five minutes from what Gary's been telling us. Um, and so much of it of what's wrong in racing is that no one understands really what goes on. I mean perception from one side and what actually happens on the other is completely different. And the BHA coming out with their free will and free thoughts, etc., it's education. Do you know, a good
3: good point it's probably not logistically possible for the BHA, but it should be, particularly the younger people that go to work for them, they should be made to go on practical days. Totally agree. Time form, I I was lucky enough, I've always worked on the track, and I had a little bit, uh, only a little bit of practical experience before I went there. And you you know, you get the younger lads come straight from university, very bright, know a lot about form, and they go, pig, dog, pig, dog. Mm. Get up feel, Get up yeah, to a train, feel a few legs, see one that's, that's lame and stiff because it's raced yesterday and is in the swimming pool today. And Mark Johnson did that for me four or five times, took 10 lads up there, and they all benefited from mm-hmm. it. They just saw it from a
2: different yeah, side. And I think the, I mean it'd be quite interesting to see who in the BHA has even been into a racing hour for more than 30 seconds.